our lives can improve when we're coming from a more empowered, confident space in our relationship with, with money or where we're at in our financial position, we can really show up much more differently in, in relationships. That's Beth Dana. After years of working in the financial industry, she noticed something interesting. Our financial systems are rooted in a highly masculine, acquisition-focused mindset that is unhealthy in so many ways. Beth decided to challenge that paradigm and created a teaching system and nonprofit organization called Wealth Living that embraces a more holistic approach to money. Really, Wealth Living is a dynamic, energetic beast. And we have a really big vision to touch a, a, a lot of lives globally. On this episode, we dig into Beth's big vision to shift people's relationship with money and connect with how they really want to live. Welcome to The Breakout, a show about smashing through life's little boxes and forging your own path. I'm Dr. Carrie Ulrich. And I'm Kelly Gunther. Carrie and I are people and change experts and best friends. We've spent more than 25 years helping organizations navigate change and get the best out of their people. Come on, we know change is hard, but staying the same can even be harder. On The Breakout, we prove that you can escape expectations, and best of all, we show you how. I was in the financial industry for just about five years and just recognized the heart-centered, compassionate approach was missing and just very action-oriented and just very masculine action-oriented driven, you know, that softness, that flow, that energetic feeling was just missing in my life at the time because I had been in just careers that were just go, go, hustle, hustle. And I was just really being called to like, okay, it's time for you to really step into your feminine and really create this balance of the masculine feminine in your life. And so it was, it was this opportunity for me to see not only what was missing in my life, but what was missing in the industry. I love that, that moment that you thought the financial services industry is so masculine and we need to balance that out. And that was such a revelation, even for me, just looking at it and looking at your website and thinking, oh my goodness, you're so right. Tell us how you started in the financial industry. Well, I was actually in the real estate industry at the time and had my broker's license and wanted to add extra value to my services. And I thought, well, why not add on financial services as an option? But then I realized, wow, the financial education in our country, it wasn't just me that didn't grow up with it, but it is, this is a thing. And then I just recognized I, I got to go full into the financial. This is really important to be teaching people the fundamentals, just the basic concepts of money that are missing in most households and schools, right? And it's not really talked about. So how do we get to bring this back in to our everyday conversation and not allow it to be this something that feels burdened? Because I've been there, you know, where it feels heavy and stressful and and really breaking from that energetic uh, way around money. So then I, I stepped full into that and then here we are. Wow. What did you notice? What were those masculine traits that you noticed in the financial industry that made you think, that's what I want to challenge? That's not serving people well. Well, it was, you know, it was really like a lot of product pushing, services pushing. And, you know, as much as we did educate people on finances, it's really the mindset. And so what I, what I saw was missing is, you know, nurturing the person beforehand, because you can 
sit in front of a client. And I did that many times where they got excited about the financial education that they wish they would have learned years ago. But then the mindset would shift and you could hear it. It's just that that paradigm that just went back from their zero to eight year old upbringing. Right. And so um, that's what really what I saw was missing is like nurturing people ahead of time and just really being with them to break through so that they can become a client, really supporting them with shifting that overall holistic uh, relationship with money because any aspect in our life it's the internal work that we've got to go through first to create our external results so it's the same with with money you know I've since left the industry I left in 2020 and I've been really grateful for my time there I know that it it served me for the purpose of creating the book series and supporting people and continuing to support them in a very holistic way what was going on in your life during that time and what helped you make that shift well I started the books just as, as like a, a guide, you know, as, as a way to really kind of be a lead generator for potential clients. It wasn't until I actually started writing the book that I'm like, oh, there's more work to be done here. This is a series. And it wasn't until after that, that I realized, well, this is a coaching program. And so it didn't, it all kind of came in different, you know, uh, sections and, and, and unfoldings, really. The books are all guides. They're all working journals. So anybody can get them, do the work on their own, have a study group, book club, do the work on your own. But I recognize, you know, we're humans. And a lot of times a person might open up that book and there might be a question in them in that book that brings up something. And that book is is on the side now collecting dust on their side table. Right. And I don't want that. You know, I really want to support people in breaking through that next level. And so that's why I was like, well, you know, let me offer my services to help guide people through. How can I, you know, really see the things that maybe you wouldn't be able to see if you're doing the book on your own? Yeah. What is one of your favorite stories with someone that you've been coaching the shift from where they started to going through coaching with you and then where they ended up? You know, I think if I can kind of just put the flavor in that I noticed with most of everyone is that they come in with the money, but other aspects of their life pop open. So that's what's great. You know, yes, they'll set goals for, for their money and they'll break through and, and maybe some of their, if they're self-employed, if they might take their, their business to the next level, that sort of thing. But really it's, it's seeing the other aspects of our life that end up blossoming, you know, relationships that strengthen health. Maybe they start looking at the ways that they can eat more healthy because that's money related or, you know, just creating peace of mind. You know, it's not necessarily about not having money because we know that there's a lot of people with a lot of money who are unhappy, Mm -hmm. who are disconnected, Mm -hmm. they're unhealthy. So it's also about that, right? How can you have this money, but also now have peace of mind in your life? And then you're creating beautiful stuff in other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. Well, as you said, money touches everything in your life. Like you said, the healthy way you eat or not eat and my relationship, I mean, we argue about money and it just touches so many aspects of your life that it totally makes sense that you're coaching on so many more things than just, hey, Beth, I want to save $5,000 and that's it. And so you get into all these other issues and understandings of what they're going through. What are some of the money paradigms that you're trying to push up against? And how does your coaching approach address those? You know, the 
the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, we, we go through different uh, stages or, or, or levels in, in money because, you know, we're living in this world that's a very materialistic world. It's consumer driven. It's how can I make more money? How can I have the next best thing? But you know what? When we die, none of this is going with us. So how, how can we really utilize money for what it is, the tool that it is to make an impact? That's really what it is. Not to say that you don't get to enjoy the luxuries in life and the things that you desire, but really having a different relationship with money that you're coming from the mindset and the spiritual aspect of what money can really do. Because it, it can transform lives, right? Mm-hmm. This conversation really made Carrie and I think differently about money and how it fits into our lives. You often think about the spiritual, the psychological, the mental, the this, the that, the physical. But do I really think about the financial piece of it? Not really. So it's interesting. You know, I I didn't really think about how masculine financial is, even though Wolf of Wall Street, financial services, it's a lot of dudes. But that energy and just thinking of get the most money you can at all times. And having her talk about it in a compassionate way. And it's not just about having the most, which I think is a very aggressive, tends to be masculine way. You know, you want to die with the most money. That's the goal versus, is that really the goal? Or is it to have a good life experience, donate it, spend time with your family with it? It just depends. That's what I feel like most of the financial industry is make more, make more, make more all the time. And she gives a different perspective and dare I say, breaks out of that expectation. Another crucial part of our relationship with money that Beth explores is how it connects to our values. If you've got a lot of money, you don't know how it's set up correctly or you're yeah. making sure that you're giving it to your your family or or to maybe a nonprofit organization. If you don't have it set it up correctly, your money's gonna go to Uncle Sam, right? So make sure the money that you're working is is, is value aligned. I always say mm-hmm. this. Make sure that what you're doing with your money is aligned with your goals, dreams, and values. Because half the time people are getting their money and then spending it, hardly ever paying themselves first. Mm -hmm. And so that psychologically says, you know, people are more important than me, right? So just those little habits and those little things that can really shift our energetic healing paradigm. And when we are clear on our vision and what we want, saving, investing, spending, it's a whole other game. Yeah. It's a whole we, game. we talk about that all the time, Beth and, and Kelly and I on this with other guests, not even talking about money, but what is your vision? What's your purpose? If you know that life becomes, we're not saying life is easy, but we're saying life becomes easier as decisions because what am I going to do with my money? Oh, well, I value X. So therefore when I pass away, I'm going to leave it to my family or the nonprofit. And that was easy for me to decide because this is how it aligns to my vision. And I also love that you said, Beth, pay yourself first. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, what is that saying too? 
if you're helping so many other people, but you're could be unhoused soon because you're helping others, how are you helping yourself and how are you paying yourself first and thinking about yourself? And that could be quite a mind shift change for other people. Yeah. Especially amongst women, we're natural yes. caretakers and, and givers, right? And so it's not to say we can't do that, but we got to take care of ourselves. It's very empowering. You know, I was married, now I'm divorced. And, you know, you don't get married thinking you're going to divorce or you don't get <laughs> married thinking your spouse is going to pass away, but you got to set ourselves up in a very empowering way, you know? And so even that, especially for us women, it's it's important that we... We have those conversations more often yeah. with each other. Beth, why is it so hard to talk about money? What's your take? You've talked to all these people about money. Why is it for a lot of people so hard and it's kind of this, you know, forbidden topic, you don't know, talk about how much you make, what you're doing with your money and certain. So why is it so hard? It's cultural in the U.S. It's, it is that way, but in some cultures it's not, you know, some cultures they openly talk about it. And so I think that's something that we can mimic. But for what I see and what I've experienced myself, there's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of shame, you know, like, oh, we should have known this or we should have known that. But you know what? We only know what we know when we're, when we're in it. We've got to forgive ourselves. Yes, we, we didn't make the right choice and that's okay. But now I want to make the right choice. And so let me look for the coach, the mentor, because a lot of times we feel like we got to do things on our own. Well, how are you going to get out of that box by yourself? You know? So a lot of times we need to reach out and that's really important, but it, I think it really comes down to if we can just forgive ourselves, remove the judgment and just give ourselves grace that, you know what, we, we did the best we could knowing what we knew in that moment. And now I choose to do different. So perfect, Beth. I was just thinking of one of the reasons it's sometimes so hard to talk about money is that there is that shame-based part of, well, you're not saving 10% of your income in your 401k. Oh, what are you doing? You know, like it, it feels that there has a lot of shame base to it. And I think what you said is so beautiful. I had one of my friends who's a psychologist say that to me about uh, 30 years ago, you did the best at the time with the data you had and you made the right decision. Now you have different data. Now you can make a different decision. Right, because like the comment you, you made just now, that's not going to be encouraging for somebody. Right. right? That's, that's probably going to ha have them, you know, recoil, go back to the st stories that they've already planted in their head. So how do we just be, okay, well, great. Do you want to start saving the 10%? You know. Supportive, right? Yeah. How do we get to be then supportive to taking it to the next step. While a lot of Best clients are women who follow the financial teachings in her book series, Best nonprofit organization, Wealth Living, focuses mostly on men who may be struggling. Wealth Living is designed to create leaders through healing and learning new ways of conscious living. And in that, we have nine elements of wealth and they touch every aspect of your life. And one of those is the financial wealth element piece. And so that's where we're supporting more of the men in our world, because it's a hard world right now, I think, for, for a man, especially if you're in executive managerial positions and you're leading teams and people 
Um, a lot of times the, the leadership that's in place today, it's coming from an ego wounded space as opposed to a heart centered, compassionate, healed space. And so that's what wealth living is all about. It's, it's supporting people and really coming from a heart centered leadership space. Mm-hmm. And, th- you know, there's a high level suicide rate amongst men in our world today. Um, so if we can really support men and really tapping into who they are and their authentic self, they're going to show up differently for us as women, which ultimately gives more room at the table for women. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win for everyone. Mm-hmm. I love that. And is that the work you do in Costa Rica, Beth? Yeah, we have a seven day immersion program. It's a live, you know, experiential uh, program and that's in Costa Rica, but we also have uh, a lot of online workshops and content that we provide so that we can support people all over the world. Yeah, that's so wonderful. And you're, you're part of the healing the heart and healing the whole person is just beautiful. And we do need more of that. How does your work as a financial coach intersect with other aspects of wellness? It's the relationships. The relationships in our lives can improve, you know, when we're coming from a more empowered, confident space in our relationship with, with money or where we're at in our financial position, we can really show up much more differently in, in relationships mm-hmm. and uh, physical, you know, as we're choosing to really heal internally, it shows externally, you know, you got a new glow, more value aligned. So of course your health and nutrition become better, right? So you're, you're going to eat, right? You're going to take care of your body community again talking about how do we get to make an impact so you're looking at money as how how can i choose to give or somehow be impactful with my money so that's our humanity piece and then our conscious wealth element which is about you know permaculture sustainability how do we get to be more of a uh, producer rather a consumer right i mean I just think of like how many clothes are sitting Mm -hmm. in most people's closet that you don't wear. Really, you probably only need five pieces of clothing. Really, really. I know most women probably don't want to hear that. But, you know, in, in my journey, I get to see how have I been showing up. And in this, even this last two years, you know, when I got the spirit call to go to Costa Rica and I arrived on January 1st of 2021, I would also got the message to let go of all my stuff. And at first I was like, oh, this is exciting. And then I was like, well, wait, what if this doesn't work? You know, my fear went in into play. But I literally got rid of most all my stuff. And anything I couldn't get rid of is still in a storage unit. Um, but I, even then I want to get rid of it. Like I've come to this place where a minimal lifestyle is so freeing. Mm-hmm. It really is. So if we can be less of a consumer and really be more of a producer, how can we create more versus buying them, you know? Yeah, that's such a beautiful mindset shift. And I know Kelly has been speaking of, of cleaning out clutter and closet and Kelly got this new closet and cleaned things out. And I think you felt amazing when you did that, Kelly. It is really empowering to let go of things that, really don't bring you joy anymore or satisfaction. And I appreciate your story so much, Beth, because this value added service that you wanted to add to your real estate work has turned into this completely different work that you're doing. 
and it's changing the way that people view their relationship with money. And obviously, even beyond all of that, it's developing a healthier version of who they are. You know, as I was thinking about the challenges when it comes to changing their relationship with money, I wonder your thoughts on just the language of money, because I know that I shut down almost when I start hearing about mutual funds and bonds and stocks. And I wonder if that's part of the challenge that people face is just simply not having the, the right language or, or feeling comfortable with the language of money. Yeah, that absolutely is, especially if you're not brought up in the conversation and it could be totally new and it's like a foreign language, right? But the great thing is the best thing we can ever do is, is self-educate. And so mm-hmm. if it sounds a little foreign, there are a lot of uh, great books out there that can really bring it down and start, start at a very basic level and work your way through it. That's not to say that you know people need to know the ins and outs of the stock market and all of that, that may not be somebody's thing, but at least knowing the different vehicles that are out there, the tax implications, that's like the better uh, avenue I would suggest somebody go because there's a lot of places to put your money, but they're not all that fantastic, especially when it comes to taxes. Absolutely. And to your point of of making sure that you're having a choice of where you want your money to go. That is really important. So where do you see your work as a financial coach really evolving into the future? What is the vision and goal you have for yourself? Mm, Great question. With the work of wealth living, that's really where I see it. You know, I'll continue obviously to support people through my book series and things like this, but really wealth living is a dynamic, energetic, a beast, I want to say. And we have a really big vision to touch a, a, a lot of lives globally. And so this is a, essentially a platform where we can really support people in unlearning and learning new ways of conscious living. And so that's where my work is really elevated and shifted into this uh, platform of wealth living. And how can wealth living be a support of wealth redistribution for people in the world. And so it's really looking at at things of a a much more conscious approach. And so that's really what it is. Yes, my books will be still out there and I can support people. And the biggest, biggest piece out of all of that is now that next level, which is wealth living. And I think it speaks so much to the really giving nature and that, that helping nature that you have within yourself. So you have one minute with someone who feels stuck with their financial situation. What would you tell them? What is your advice? Oh, I, I would first ask them, what do they want? Where do they see themselves in a year, three years, five years? Let's paint that picture. Because I really, ooh, I got the chills right now. I, I really want people to get in touch with who they are. What do you want? Then we'll work from there. <laughs> that is sometimes the toughest question because- You really have to sometimes go to uncomfortable places. So Beth, that open-ended question is, I think, so beautiful. And uh, I thank you so much for being able to share with us your passion for financial coaching and how this, again, this little value-added service you wanted to add 
has evolved into this beautiful calling that you now are sharing with everyone. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Wonderful. Thank you so much, ladies. I really appreciate our time together. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. It's so beautiful what you're doing and keep up the good fight and really turning the financial services on its head and leading with heart instead of dollars all the time. So thank you, Beth, for what you're doing. I loved that Beth is advocating for such a big mindset shift. I almost feel it's a kind of borderline, maybe like healthcare, where it needs to be sort of blown out and redefined and made more accessible almost, um, because it is intimidating to meet with a financial advisor. I was thinking too, Kelly, the lack of education around finances. So, you know, I have a, a child in high school and he describes high school as most of the learning you'll never use again and it's all bullshit so that's lovely please just pass that's my yeah please just pass but but I mentioned to him something around financial and life skills and he said that would actually be interesting because that would be useful I'm gonna shade biology but like I know photosynthesis is really important, but honestly, if we all knew just a smidge of that, a week of photosynthesis, just to know, like, don't kill plants, I get it. However, if you spent more of the semester on financials, I don't know, that might be really cool. (laughs) Sorry, bio majors. We can do both, but put some financial education in. Mm -hmm. You can't escape money. You can't. If this episode inspired you or made you think, give us a five-star rating and spread the word. It helps us reach more people who just might need these stories. And don't forget to subscribe to The Breakout so you never miss a new episode. I'm Kelly Gunther. And I'm Dr. Carrie Ulrich. See you next time.